Shitstorm, a comedy game design podcast by two guys who know nothing about comedy or game design. My name is Trevor Scott, and with me is Ben Slinger. Yes, hello, hello, and welcome. And Trevor, this week we are going to play our game Click Pitch. And for those who might be listening for the first time, Click Pitch is a game where we each have a random word generator in front of us. And on the count of three, two, one, click, we will get a new word. We're going to tell each other the word and we're going to jam those words together into an improvised game design. So let's uh, let's jump in. Let's get our first word. Okay. My first word is plaster. Okay. My first word is everlasting. Everlasting plaster. Ever plastering. I- I'm kind of seeing- a room with a stasis chamber. Ooh, okay. And the plaster on the walls is always the- is, like, as you come out of, of like, your character comes out of stasis, the same plaster is on the wall, like, the same poster is up on the wall and all this sort of stuff. Okay. I like that idea of sort of your- the room that you come out in, in every single time stays the same and then- but you just don't know what's going to happen when you step outside that door. You could be in a different- Yeah, like, you don't know how much time has passed, essentially. I guess if if it's a stasis chamber, you're just, like, moving forward in time for an indeterminate amount of time. Yes. So, I think I think you're sort of like this town's saviour. That you oh. you come out in times of need. Yep. You defeat the defeat the villain or whatever <laughs> whatever thing is, is uprising. Yep. And then you get put back in stasis. I like that. that that's a fun little- idea where it's this technological thing but to the village to the villagers you are some sort of mythical you know creature with mythical <laughs> being who shows up in times of need so is there something about that this the people in this town do a particular thing which like turns off like which, which brings you out of stasis is it that they you know in times of need they like ring the bell of you know john <laughs> 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 ring the bell of yon. Yes, exactly. Yeah, they so, ring the yon bell. I think what what happens when you ring the yon the, bell is the, the, oh, oh, is wait, the power wait. actually gets interrupted and the stasis just gets turned off. Yeah. You come out and your whole thing is you're trying to get some sleep. So you go deal with air shit, get your power turned back on, get inside the stasis chamber. Because the reason why you're in stasis is to- There was something wrong with you. You're, you're actually- Yes. You can only be outside of the stasis field for so long. You get out, you're grumpy, you know, you've been asleep for ex- X amount of time. Yes. Uh, yes. I think I think we're in a, a like uh, far future post dystopic world where mm-hmm. essentially civilization has crumbled and rebuilt into uh, into a more primitive form, forgotten the past, and you are a remnant of it. You were literally, yeah, you were put in stasis to be healed at a future time by better technology, but essentially the world collapsed uh, and you were were left. And then yes, one day like when when they rang the bell. I like the idea that it's actually the be- like it's the bell of yonder, but your name is like John Deer. <laughs> <laughs> no relation. What to the to the tractor company? <laughs> to the tractor company. <laughs> Uh, or something. Like I'm, I'm trying to think. It's a you know, it's a it's a miscommunication of of the name. Like maybe there's there's a there's a old faded label on the outside of uh of this building that you're deep inside uh that had your name on it or something or or the name of the company. John Deere got into stasis pods. He may have. Okay, so now that we've come up with the basic idea, yeah, the gameplay. I'm thinking that it's like an action adventure, sort of Dark Soulsian. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Uh, and I'd I'd want the the illness that your character has to play a part in it. Like the longer you take, perhaps you know the, the, weaker, the weaker that you, you become, the weaker you're going to be in the next the next time you're called. Uh, and there's, so there's almost a challenge in getting to the end before you just you die. Or maybe the challenge is how far can you get before you die. Maybe it's a bit more of a of a roguelike, like you you replay it uh, to. You know, to to try to get further each time. Yeah, I do like the fact that you could easily return back to areas that you've already gone through in earlier times, and there are some things that remain from you know when you were here last time. You broke open this coffin, mm. and that coffin is now you know sort of in pieces. And well, I guess I wonder how. I guess it depends on how much time is passing. Like I'm almost thinking hundreds of generations. Years. Yeah, at least generations, and so you. You know, that gives us the opportunity to see this town grow over time. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, I like the idea that you might meet someone as a child and then the next time you're called, like, they're elderly and about to die. Uh, there could be some some interesting character and story stuff that you could bring in there. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think the reason behind, like, if you get killed as such, mm-hmm. you, you kind of- uh, your illness actually prevents you from actually dying. I think it's like one of those things of, you know, or or something in the stasis pod actually keeps you. Um, They've got some backups. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> of your, of, like they have, <laughs> they have the technology to create full clone backups of you, but not to yeah. actually fix the thing that's wrong with your body. I mean, I keep on coming up with these things whenever we <laughs> like. Real life reasons as to why game logic actually works, but you don't. We don't to, have like, to. We don't have to. It could just be that you die and you start that level again, like yeah, most games out there. <laughs> it's like uh, you get woken up. It's like, oh my god, you know, I had a final destination sort of sort of thing, and he <laughs> makes mention of that specific of the final know, movie destination franchise. movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it was up to about twenty seven by the time. Uh, you know, the stasis pods were invented and he- Yeah, because they, they had a big resurgence after the first five, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, so, I'm actually veering away from the roguelike thing now that I think about it, uh, and even potentially the weakening as you go thing, because I feel like it, there's more opportunity there for just crafting this village and this town over time. Yeah. And the character-based stuff that you come up with that. But then also that, yes, there's- there's a lot of action adventure combat sort of stuff. Like I think it's that for whatever reason, this town is is regularly overrun by you know creatures from mutated mutated humans that came out of the faulty stasis pods in the area or something. Right? Mm. Like we can tie it tie it back into the same uh, the same history that that brought you here. Like you're essentially in the one uh, stasis pod that actually continued functioning correctly. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I like that a lot. Okay, so uh, obviously in a lot of games you want to you want to be able to level up. I think each time that you go back to the the stasis pod, you can sort of have like a skill tree sort of thing mm. that you can now sort of fill in. That the stasis pod will actually sort of imbue you with extra powers as you yeah. Well, as you it wake could actually next. be that like as you either as you kill these these uh, creatures that have come from their own stasis pods, you like find parts from their pods or you find, you know, you get some of their DNA or whatever. Like, we could definitely tie that in where you killing them or you finding parts of other stasis pods lets you increase the the technology of your stasis pod, which lets it, yeah, like- Imbue you with more powers. Your while you're in stasis. A la your uh, demolition man where you get powers of knitting, um, you get, you know, the knowledge of the three shells, all these sort of- yeah. Awesome things from that movie, yeah. Yeah, of course. And I mean, in this world, uh, strangely enough, it's it's uh, four shells that they've that they've that they use to wipe, and uh, it's a similar predicament. But very much so. Mm. Is Taco Bell still the still the main um, restaurant of choice? <laughs> Taco God, Bell- I've just got, I've just gone down into <laughs> into demolition, man. Sorry about that. Taco Bell did not survive <laughs> uh, the apocalypse. Uh, Pizza oh, so Hut they went, did. Pizza Hut so did. they went with the with the Australian version, where yes. uh, for some reason they decided to put the Pizza Hut symbol because we couldn't. We're not sophisticated enough to understand what Taco Bell was. <laughs> to understand um, that other countries have different three, fast food joints. Two, one click. Yeah, I think let's move on and let's get another word. Ooh, okay, cashier. Gearing. 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 G e a r i n g. Gearing. So, is this, uh, are you a cashier on the road in some way, like on a motorbike or something? Ooh, in transit. Yeah. So, uh, uh, this is, this is the next phase of, uh, the gig economy, like Uber Eats and this sort of thing. Uh, but it's car to car delivery. Yep. Uh, where you will, they, you, you essentially let them track you on your GPS. You say, I need some food. I'm in my okay. car. And they tr- they track you down and pull up beside you and give you the food and you have to like pay pass at the window. Uh, well, te- no technically story. you should have already you should have already paid. Like it, it usually gets paid through the app and then you get 
you get money. They can give you a tip depending on how yeah. well you weave through tra- weave through traffic and well, not hit it. their car. Um, so this is essentially a road rash style game. <laughs> I don't know if we actually yeah. have combat, but it could be that you are competing against other drivers. <laughs> From competing companies. <laughs> oh, God, I'm thinking road rash, and I'm thinking kicking someone in front of a truck. And I'm like, yeah, that's kind of what I want to see. Like, Just fries <laughs> fly up in the air. <laughs> and and you, you reach out and catch their delivery and put their satchel on your shoulder as well. And <laughs> <laughs> ride your I do motorcycle like that down. idea of stealing other people's <laughs> deliveries. So I, I'm picturing this in a bit of a Burnout Paradise style- Open city. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, where uh, you you get an order, an order comes in, you have to go to the restaurant to pick up the order. And it's a it's a first one there for, uh, you know, yeah. gets- Yeah, yes. Gets sort of thing. <laughs> yes. So, you will see like three other bike uh, bike riders converging uh, on, uh, the, you know, the Indian place on the corner. But just because you've got it doesn't mean that you're the only but one. You're, gonna who, you're the one who's going to deliver it. Like- <laughs> So, I think- <laughs> I like is, that. So- the, is this an open world MMO sort of thing of- oh, You've God. got multiple riders out there- Okay, let's see how that could work. So you're actually bringing this into into uh, into multiplayer. I, I'm, th- uh, I'm thinking along lines of you know your GTA Online yeah, thing so where you've, you've got like you've 32 got- players online. Yeah, I, that's what I was going to say. I think you've got a limited number of people in this particular city. Uh, but yes, it's <laughs> it's a, a competition, uh, and then presumably all AI cars that you're delivering to. Yeah, um, I like that. And so, you know, if someone else snags that order, you can either tag them and say, like, no, fuck that. Like, this order's mine. Or you can just be like, ah, shit. All right. Let that one go. Wait for the next, you know, or, or just pick up the next one that comes through. Uh, there could, we, we can bring in some trends. We can bring in, like, each restaurant in the city maybe has levels of popularity that go up and down. So, you know, maybe beneficial for you too if you're realizing that a particular restaurant is is rising in popularity, hang around that area a bit more. Well, uh, especially because the tips from, you know, say the north side of the city from this one restaurant are, uh, you know, there to die for, mm-hmm. or really there to kill for. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> what happens when you die, or is there a die, or is it just you get knocked off your bike? Lose some, I, like I, lose your order, lose some money, lose some order, lose some money, and now you have to perform some sort of repairs on your bike. Um, is that just spending money to do that, or is it like a mini game? You're out of order for a while. You probably kind of like the kind of don't want that. I want you to be able to get straight back in, straight back in. Like um, I think because in this in this sort of world, it's a it's a cashless society, so you know. Okay, funds are straight away transferred into your bank. The only currency is takeaway food. The only currency is time, and it's like I thought it's- you were going to say the only currency is tie. <laughs> trade you a pad cu for a red curry chicken. <laughs> Have you got any green curry? No. Bang. <laughs> Here's a tip. Three roti. <laughs> God, um, no, but I, I think I think that has a, a bit of you know. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I, I, so I think you're obviously you, you're doing this for money. Yes, uh, it costs some money to get back on the road immediately. Uh, mm-hmm. If you if you're knocked off, if you fall, but you can also spend money presumably on upgrading your bike, upgrading your weapons, upgrading your armor, yep. uh, as well as. Cosmetics gore, of course. Oh yeah, like uh, I uh, mean, one one of the things, kind of like along along the lines of the the GTA on, online, is you do have you know in game pa- cash that you can if you want to if you really want to spruce up spruce up your bike. Um, it's not pay to win though, so it's only cosmetic no. stuff that you can buy with that with in game with that sort of in game currency. Uh, oh, you, oh, you're talking currency that you pay real dollars for. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I so mean, that- either that or you. Well, like we don't have that. We don't have to have real, real dollars in there. It could just be that you earn it through 
through playing. Uh, but you can also buy cosmetic things. But you can buy cosmetic manually things. Manually from it. And I think, I think we, we caught the, the real brands, right? Like we've got our fake brands in there initially, but over time we gain popularity. Uh, and we, we get KFC, uh, wanting, wanting some advertising in the game. So now they are one of the restaurants, but also you might get your full set of KFC armor. Mm-hmm. Uh, that you can purchase, which gives you a bonus when delivering KFC. Yes, but it, but it gets you. You know, what's the opposite of a bonus? Like it, it gets you a penalty, like a penalty. Um, if you're delivering, you know, something from Red Rooster. Yes. So, yeah. like, it's it's a. It actually imbues you with the power of whichever KFC meal. So if they've ordered a zinger, like you will be on fire. And can mm. like set and again, then you know you you've got flame attacks. Uh, if but the problem is ordered popcorn chicken, then you've got like big jumping powers as you yeah. like popcorn the, into the air. The the problem is as you're riding your bike, like, and you're getting closer to your delivery, and then KSE decided to you know set off their their like advertising thing which just launches fireworks at the back of your at the back of your bike and all this sort of stuff because you know they really want to they want to get other people ordering mm-hmm. um it just lets everyone know that he's nearly there yeah you know yeah he's yeah, just yeah, over yeah. there quick go kill him um okay what was i what was i thinking of i i i like the idea of of it being you know, you can do some of the smaller deliveries and people aren't going to necessarily find you and all this sort of stuff. Like, you can always tell, like, the only bike riders in the city are, are actually, you know, whatever this game's yeah. delivery drivers are called. Now, from, um, from your motions, and, and for those listening, we we have video so we can see each other. Are you thinking pedal bikes? No. Okay. Bikes. Yeah, I was thinking my bikes too, but you, you know, it always seems like you're making the motion of, like, <laughs> on a pedal bike. Uh <laughs> And uh, that would have just uh, had its. Uh, maybe you can. Maybe you can choose to ride a pedal bike, uh, and it's a penalty because it's a lot slower. But you like you will get bigger tips if you make it, uh, just because they feel bad for you. Yeah, I'm just trying to think of like what sort of weapons you can actually be picking up. Like, are they physical weapons and all that sort of stuff, or are they more around the? Um, are they like the James Bond esque dropping oil slicks behind you yeah. kind of vibe, as opposed to the spiked bats vibe of Road Rash? Oh, even worse, like the minigun slash, you know, um, Uzi of of GTA. Where right, you're, you're literally killing people. No, I think this is. I, I don't think you're literally killing people. I think this is is. You normal. can knock them into traffic, and that they're not gonna they're not gonna come away with that from that. You know, from that truck hitting them very nicely. Well, I think, but I think you just have it. I think we actually keep this bloodless. Uh, I think it's more about the competition. Yes, if you knock them into traffic, they will be very badly hurt. But I think it just costs them more money than to like heal up and get back in the game. Uh, and and then yes, we keep the weapons non-lethal. So it's it is things around disrupting them as they're riding, whether it's oil slicks, whether it's some sort of burst of air to push them off a road, whether yes. it's a long uh grappling arm to steal the the deliveries out of their the satchel. satchel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, whether, whether it's like I, I, I like the idea of of like a a long pole with like a little saw on the end, a little saw and a claw, <laughs> yeah. and it cuts the cuts the satchel um like strap and then grabs hold of it. And then you can, you can retract <laughs> In it. One go. <laughs> um, one thing I I, I want in this game mm-hmm. is Twitch integration. Oh yeah, yep. So what- that you can um, you know have viewers who talk about uh, which which deliveries you should you should be going for, and they get they get you an extra they get trip. a vote. Yeah, they get you an extra you know incentive to go for it, and yeah. Um, I like the idea of if you don't go their way, like you don't sort of do their stuff, they also can take a vote to um, plaster your your current location, <laughs> your current across position. the match, across the map. Like I do like the idea of of Twitch streamers being able to mess with you a bit uh, or help you out. Perhaps uh, can the Twitch streamers like put in orders as 
the NPCs in some way. And so when you get that delivery, it, it chooses one of the orders put in by your Twitch, what Twitch uh, viewers. And so they get a little thrill of like, oh, like they're, they're delivering to me mm. uh, and it'll have like their image on it and stuff. That could be cool. Yeah. Uh, I think that could also be delivered by someone else who happens to be in the server though. So it may not be seen by the, by the viewer. Right. Yes. Of course. If they get to it first. Yeah. Yeah. For yeah. sure. I uh, know. I, I, I quite like that, that game. Uh, yeah. That's cool. And in fact, I think that Twitch integration could put it, could make it quite interesting because I'm just thinking now, like, they're going to get a notification that, oh, like your Twitch, one of your Twitch viewers has put in an order. It's over here. That actually, if you then don't get that order, <laughs> like, <laughs> it actually gives you an incentive to try harder on that order to please your viewers. Uh, mm. And and that could create a bit of an excitement for people watching and stuff too. Yeah, that's cool. Well, I think there's a some interesting there's a market there, there for it. Let's yeah, but let's, let's click again. Three, two, one, click. Ledge detective. Ooh, the ledge detective. He finds all the rotten ledges in this town. I was going to say ledges is is where my my mind went instead of the the. No, ledge. no, I was thinking literally the ledge of a windowsill or. <laughs> 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 I was thinking ledger. Well, well hang in- on, hang on. Because a ledge did- what, what in cities likes to hang out on window ledges? Pigeons. Exactly. I think it's you're the a pigeon, pigeon mafia. I think you're a pigeon detective in its uh, big city. Okay. Okay. So, we need to clarify this. Mm-hmm. Are you a detective who happens to be a pigeon or are you a detective who tries to find certain pigeons? No, I think you are a pigeon- Okay, you are a pigeon. But I think you're also solving crimes for the, like, rodents and and vermin of this city. So, Those, you're solving crimes the for the humans of the city. <laughs> <laughs> no, Trevor, despite the state of city dwellers in our, <laughs> in our, in our world- uh, they no, wanted to I- know who pooped on this on this person's head, <laughs> and so you have to go. <laughs> well, it could be that like one of the things you have to do is one of the pigeons is on the run because they shit on someone's Mercedes, and now that person is out to get them, uh, and so you have to like put them in witness protection. So Twitch integration. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I like that. Um, so is our pigeon detective? Bitter for a reason. Uh, Has a bit yes. of angst against against maybe the human population. Like something yes, happened. Something happened. Uh, did perhaps I'm trying to think of some of the good like myths around feeding pigeons too much bread or something and they explode or I don't know. Isn't there like oh, if, if you feed them aspirin, they can explode. Yeah. So I, I so think there's a dramatic flashback. <laughs> <laughs> to when his uh, partner, you know, went to, I, I, to take I think something. Child. I think child. Oh, child. Okay. Oh, God. oh mm. <laughs> parent. <laughs> Do father. we want to see? Okay, maybe a parent. Because I was just about to say, I'm not sure we want to see a little baby pigeon explode into a burst. I kind of do. <laughs> yeah, but Trevor, that's just you being, uh, you know, evil, edgy. Uh, <laughs> God, we can't even watch baby pigeons die anymore. What's come of this world? Um, I like I like parent. I like parent. I, I think yes. Oh, it's, it's, it's that whole Bambi sort of situation of you know you're quite young and you see you see your father go over and it's like so what you do is you wait for them to throw out the bread and then you go over and you pick it up and you eat and like flying away and he goes oh I feel like <laughs> explodes and well the, it is it that he's taken the bread from like some. Some teenagers. Teen- teenager, yeah. So maybe you even warn him. It's like, oh, that that didn't look like the right sort of bread, Dad. You sure it's okay? Oh, it's fine, son. I've been doing this for many years. And then yes, you see him explode into. And a- then and then it zooms in, like the camera just tilts and pans into the teenagers and goes into their bag, and you see aspirin. <laughs> and there's a warning label on it. Do not feed to pigeons. <laughs> Do not feed to pigeons. As their uh, stomachs will explode. <laughs> just really calling it out. And, yeah. The bottle just keeps turning. Like, the camera keeps panning around the bottle and the, as the warning label continues to the point that it's actually unrealistically <laughs> like, for, for more than the circumference of the entire uh, bottle. 
<laughs> As you realise that it's gone round the bottle three times yeah. and it's still going. <laughs> it's still going. It's, it hasn't repeated. Uh, okay. And so, I mean, that's a very sort of Batman-esque uh, beginning in a way. But- yeah. um, Well, it, it's- you know the pigeon detective. You know he he puts he puts a little mask on. Do you think we do that? Do you think we go kind of more of the superheroish detective? Like I kind of think we have to. Um, yeah, there's just something about a pigeon who can fly, but he doesn't. You know the way that he gets all his food is is sort of um, you know scavengers for it. He doesn't take handouts and all this sort of stuff. Oh right, yeah, of course he's traumatized by taking food from humans. Mm. Certainly. Uh, and he gets made fun of for that, but yep. little do they know he spends his nights solving the crimes of this rotten city. So, gameplay. I mean, I love the idea of just flying around as a pigeon with a mask on. Yeah. Uh, oh, you got to deal with the different air currents in the in the air. Like, well, I think you could do some good traversal stuff there, where you can utilize the air currents and that sort of thing. Certainly. Uh, do we go again? Sort of a a relatively open world where you're picking up cases. Yeah, there's I'm a, not- There's a rat in a sewer over here. There's another pigeon on a windowsill over here. I mean, here. when I think pigeons, I think New York City. So, I think it's yeah. got to be set in New York. Uh, because then sure. you've got- You've got that lovely big park right in the middle, you know. Yeah. That it's it's in the it's in the middle. So, is it called Middle Park? I think that's it. Yeah, <laughs> I haven't been- um, I think it is something like Middle Park. Uh- it's it's very like park like, <laughs> and that's where like you'll you know if, if obviously then if we're in America you'll have squirrels you'll have uh, other trash pandas yep yeah raccoons uh, certainly and oh that's what they're called <laughs> <laughs> skunks um, I think to to bring a little bit of um, a little bit of Australian into it mm. um, there needs to be like. One one of your like CIs, you know, your criminal informants, um, is a is a bin chicken. <laughs> okay, so it's it's just like an um, ibis is somehow an ibis, like got- it's escaped from an exotic animal zoo. Yeah, well, just New York Zoo. Like it, it yeah. happened to get out of his cage one day. Like you you see, you know, it's like um, I don't know what what what's a good name that starts with. I, Idris the Ibis. <laughs> Idris the Ibis. And we actually get Idris Elba to voice the oh, Ibis. Fuck that, yeah. that would be perfect. Uh, all right. Well, okay. Let's, I think I like, let's get on to casting then. Mm-hmm. Uh, who is playing the pigeon? Ooh, I kind of like a Jason Swatch. Oh, Schwartz- that could work well. Yeah. Well, he kind of did a, a bit of a private eye sort of thing in uh, Bored to Death. So, bringing back that kind of character. Um, well, and if we really want to reunite, reunite that that team, you get Ted Danson to come in as uh, maybe maybe that was his father, if we just wanted- mm, But no, no. You If, you, if you're going to get a talent like Ted Danson, you, you want, want him in, in the show. Well, the it's just might be expensive. So, like, we might only be able to afford him for the, the intro, but- uh, but no, okay, okay. And then the other person, the other person in that show was Zach Galifianakis, who could also work quite well as maybe a raccoon or a squirrel or something. Yeah. Uh, one of your, maybe there's a squirrel, like maybe there's one of those characters that's like super, uh, uh, enthusiastic and wants to be your sidekick. Mm-hmm. But it's just annoying and not, not helpful the whole time. Okay. So we've got, we've got our sort of, our different, crew of characters. Kristen Schaal plays that squirrel. <gasps> yes. <laughs> yes. Um, I think I think you also maybe need a Flight of the Concords sort of you know, Brett McKenzie or There you go. If we're if we're reuniting past uh, past groups, yes. Uh well I mean this do, do they play the Ibis? I mean, I know- No, 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 because you need Idris Elba for that. Oh, we've got Idris. We, I forgot. Yeah, okay. We've got Idris Elba playing the Ibis, uh, which makes no sense because Ibis is uh, from Australia, but- um, he He's British. He's most, British. He'll be most, able to do a good Aussie accent if he- Most people- They, like, won't, they won't tell the difference. <laughs> <laughs> the Americans won't tell the difference. Um, uh, okay. Uh, so, we've got a lovely cast of characters. We need mm-hmm. We need a villain. Ooh, okay. Okay. What's this villain doing? Maybe let's start there. 
Is it is that a human? Is the villain a human or is it another animal? It's it's a human and they're definitely collecting um they're taxidermist. <laughs> Part time they're a hobbyist taxidermist. A hobbyist taxidermist. Yes. So when when That's- they def- like when you when you, oh. you notice your friends missing and then they show up in like the back room of this villain. Yes. Okay. What is the most evil sort of person that you can think of? Dentist. Yeah. <laughs> Dentists are pretty damn evil. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's it's a dentist, and in in his office, he has all these taxidermy. All the taxidermy. Animals badly taxidermied. He's actually not very good at it. just a really like rub rub salt in the wound of mm-hmm. of uh, you know your friend the the raccoon played by Seth Rogen who gets killed uh, and then stuffed really badly. I thought Zach Galifianakis was playing the raccoon. Well, it's his friend. Okay, it's his friend. There's <laughs> um, more than one raccoon. So. In the final level, when you finally make it inside, like the dentist's back room or his his taxidermy studio, yeah. you see a patchwork oh, pigeon uh, that has been put together, and you recognise it as your father, <laughs> as played father. by. Oh my god! And so this <laughs> this is actually the teenager. This who- is actually the teenager who exploded your father. Yeah, all those years ago. All those years ago, he became the most vile. Like villain on the planet, which is a dentist who mm-hmm. happens to be a taxidermy um, enthusiast. Yes, those things put together is definitely the worst. Uh, uh, taxidermy on its own, great. He's also a Republican. dentist on its own. Fuck no, that's just evil. Uh, who plays the dentist? Oh, I mean, Steve Martin played a great dentist in. Um, okay, in Little Shop of Horrors. I can. I can. See Steve Martin in there as a dentist. I'm not sure whether he'd actually want to go back to playing a dentist, though, because he was a bad guy in that as well. Like, he's, he's already he's, played the bad dentist. I he, think he's okay. He may not want to do it. I think he's okay. Um, he's doing a new show with Martin Short. I think the two of them are fine with being typecast as whatever they, their shtick is. Who else could play an evil, evil, evil dentist? John Lithgow. Yes. Yes. Uh, I could definitely see a John Lithgow. I could see um, a John Oliver, if we want to go that path. John Oliver. Mm. I'm thinking maybe a little bit younger. Uh, we could go a uh, Freddie Highmore. <laughs> I don't know. That's like the only <laughs> youngish actor that came to mind. Johnny Depp. <laughs> no, <laughs> Daniel Radcliffe. Get a Danny. Danny Radcliffe. Oh, oh, Daniel Radcliffe as as a bad guy. That'd mm. be he. He sort of fits within the time period that I'm thinking because you know, teenager to dentist. You know, there's there's enough of of yeah. years in there. Yeah, yeah. And he does weird roles now, doesn't? Oh, he? he'd love it. He'd be he'd be right on board. Yeah, I I think. Yep. Okay. It's Daniel Radcliffe all the way. He plays an evil dentist who loves taxidermy. Mm-hmm. Uh, patchwork father, you know, <laughs> me- <laughs> like patchwork I'm, father played by Ted Danson. Yeah. Okay. So when you go in there, the spirit of Ted Danson, yes. a la, a la your, um, your Obi Wan, you know, he said, he says, uh, go for the mouth or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> you literally pull the teeth out of this dentist. In the final battle. <laughs> yep. Okay. So, obviously, there's a lot of story that get, that happens on the way to there. And it's all great. Yes. Yeah. But I mean, we, I don't think, get, we don't we, have time to go we, into it. No, that. no. You, we've got- it's, Like we've you just, said, We've just spent the last world. five minutes talking about cast the members. Casting. And that's well, just Well, so, fucked. just, just, to, yeah, well, just to, to sort of recap that, you've got an open world. You're essentially in probably a bit of a GTA-style way where you've got, like, some side missions, but then you've got your main couple of story threads going through- that are involving all these characters, this cast of characters, uh, and, and eventually kind of revealing that so much of the crime in this city is coming down to, uh, or at least the crime that is, that is being committed against these animals, animals in the city is coming down to this evil dentist. Yeah. And it all happens to be overlooking this middle park area. Yes, exactly. It's sort of that- Surrounding area of, it's of middle- rather park. central I, to, to New York, yeah. I like it. Three to one click. 
Ooh, I have another animal-based one. Equestrian. Allocation. Equestrian allocation. Hmm. Okay. You play an announcer for the Olympics. And you've been allocated to equestrian and you don't know anything about (laughs) it. You know nothing about it. (laughs) It's like you got there late on the on the first day and they said the only thing left is equestrian. (laughs) And you're like, like, oh "Oh, crap. Fuck. Didn't get any of the good ones. I wanted to do the the swimming. Wanted to do the swimming, but you you slept in and you find out that someone's actually sabotaged your mobile phone. Oh, and so there's actually- a real, There's a real, like, announcer on announcer drama going on in this game. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean- How much of the game is actually the announcing and how much of it is just the interpersonal dynamics of the I don't Olympic announcers? I, 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 re- I really want to see what goes on in the seedy underbelly of announcing at the Olympics. Mm. Like, especially given that we've just had an Olympics, in this- in this- time and space, do they actually need to go to the Olympic Village or can they do it from outside of that? In this case, in the game, I think you're in within the Olympic Village and all this sort of stuff. The difference is the announcers think of themselves as like the best things that are going there and they don't like the, they they don't don't like like the, athletes, the athletes at all. Yeah. As far as they're concerned, like it's like all about the announcers. There would be no Olympics- how would how would the general public know what was going on just by watching if we weren't there to explain it in great detail in real mm. time? Yeah, and so they're all very high and mighty. But you know nothing about equestrian. So is there is there some gameplay around watching a horse do like dressage and having to like pick the right words or sentences to describe it? Yeah, in some way. I, and I think it's kind of like a word search in, in the fact that we we give, like, a, just a bevy of words and it's just like, yeah, there you go. Deal with it. <laughs> find find the word that you want to actually- <laughs> None of them are actual real words uh, to do with a question. It's all- Yeah, you know, you're out there like, oh, yeah, okay, so we have uh, we have uh, Billy Johnson and, and his horse Fre- uh, Freckles and- uh, they, and they are currently blotting, they're, like they're blotting <laughs> sideways across across the court, uh, and and now there seems to be a little uh, pranciful sort of leap. Uh, yes, and they've pulled that off very well. Uh, into next, next is uh, they, they're jumping over a, a beam. <laughs> And now I passed my, my co-announcer. <laughs> and they go, all those words that you just said mean nothing. It's obvious that the horse has been trotting across the field. Yes, but they sounded good. So that's and all they that matters. leapt over the, <laughs> the marker or whatever it is. And it's like, <laughs> I, don't actually, I don't personally know. So I'm perfect for doing this because I have no idea. Uh, I have no idea. My wife um, would know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But could you imagine how how cool it would be to then sneak into, like, as you find out who it is, you sneak into doing other announcing gigs of, you know, you you can sort of do the Mission Impossible of poisoning. And- oh, I thought you were going to say the Mission Impossible of hanging from the ceiling and then coming down to the announcer microphone while you're, like, flat there <laughs> hanging <laughs> and, and doing the announcing from that position. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, you you have like you know you put a little bit of laxatives in in you know <laughs> in their drinks b- in Billy's coffee and and send him off to the bathroom and then and then you you're take all over. of a sudden being called up to you're you're there and the producer goes you you're on you know get on there it's like oh I'm filling in for for young Billy who's taken ill <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna be talking about the swimming now. They appear to be plotting down the <laughs> <laughs> plotting down the the lengths of the water of the of the, of the water area, and like you don't know any of the words for that. <laughs> you don't know the words for that either. Uh, and then you oh, get to do your. And they dr- appear and then, to be doing the doggy paddle now. <laughs> and then in your dream job, you get the uh, the equestrian. You get the water polo, as in on horses. <laughs> 
<laughs> you get to combine your knowledge. That, that's a that's a dream segment that happens late one yes. night, and it's like, um, could, what what other things are, are happening in the game? Okay, I'm I'm actually so as 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 funny as that is, I'm if we're focusing on kind of the interpersonal stuff, I'm almost picturing this as a bit of a point and click style thing where it's more yeah. around, uh, uh you know, d- uh, dialogue dialogue stuff, puzzles, uh, like you said, you know, maybe. Uh, you know, getting getting rid of other announcers to to sort of get some prestige and, and be able to uh be able to announce other sh- other events uh because you know you you've engineered it in some way that a particular event is going to be you know the the highlight of the show because you you also essentially rigged you know <laughs> one of the swimmers or something you I don't know you put a hole in his Budgie smugglers. <laughs> um, I think each time that you, you sort of finish an area, you can go out to like a Monkey Island style map that yeah. you can sort of you've see. You've got the Olympic Village. You've got the Olympic Village and you can sort of see your little character walking <laughs> off, off to, you know, and all you see on the map are just where the different announcers actually are on the map, like which booth they're in and, and all this sort oh, of stuff. Oh, you, you can see them all in real time where they are. Yeah. Yeah, that's good because I think you can develop the relationships then very, very well between the different announcers. And- yeah, and as, as you're walking along, like if you happen to bump into another announcer, you can actually stop and have a bit of a conversation, <laughs> a bit of a, a powwow about how you think the games are going. And do you have like- a Monkey Island style, you know, insult sword fighting? But it's a anou- like announcing it's a announcer sword fighting. No, well they wouldn't I- have swords. Uh, oh, they might carry around fencing, you know. Maybe one of them is the fencing announcer, and so he carries around a foil. Mm. Hmm. That's actually kind of cool. A witty repartee. For yes. You too. And then you know you now have to you have to raid the storage closet and and get the different um you know be dressed for who you want to attack next. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and just have the right. That it's it is again around having the terminology. So you like mm. if you're up against. The, the the fencing announcer, you need to know all the terms to be able to, like, shoot back the right terms, the right uh, responses. Yeah, and, and I think that, you know, depending on how well you play in the announcing, like, you can actually get a bit of a following online and and that has people, you know, wanting to watch more sports that you're involved in mm-hmm. so that the producers actually think of your name when, when a new- you know, when an announcer doesn't doesn't appear for something, it's like, oh well, you might you might actually bring in some of the um some of your fans. Yeah, it's like all about getting that this. that coveted spot in the the swimming or whatever the top sport is. Swimming the top. What's the most popular sport in the Olympics in Australia? In Australia, it's, it's, it's definitely swimming, swimming uh, because we're kind of good at it. Yeah, and that's about it. Um, but that's only in the first week, so you've got to be really quick. Otherwise, you end up doing track and field, and <laughs> and fuck that. You, you might end up doing the high jump. And it's like, oh, he's running up, and he jumps over. Oh, he jumped, jumped pretty high. Jumped pretty high that time. Good job. Let's see if the other one can jump as high or less high. It's less high. Yay! Three, two, one, click. <laughs> Ooh, I'm getting lots of animal-related ones tonight, but they're all different enough. Tentacle. Readership. 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 So, you, you're a tentacle who writes books. You're an octopus who writes books. Um, I actually think it's a it's a librarian who happens to also be half octopus. Oh, it's is this like an octodad situation? Yeah, it could be. Um, oh, or or and I and I know technically they may not see because water and because I like the idea of water and books not really mat- like well, but I'm just thinking mashing ink, very well if ink is involved. Yeah, and so maybe you're a, well. Some do some octopi octopuses have ink, or is that just squid? I don't know because I think also only one of them technically has tentacles. Either way, uh, <laughs> there's some calamari and there's some ink. That's what we know. Uh, we don't. We're not speciesist. <laughs> okay. uh, we'll just we'll go some, with some sort of multi-armed, maybe tentacles has ink. Yeah, creature. So Are this you- librarian has a bit of remorse. Like I, I think something happened early on 
and and they're not quite happy about how, you know, maybe they ruined a few books because they had an ink accident. Mm-hmm. It happens. It happens. happens to the best of us. They got they got surprised and bang, you know, whole non-fiction area. Gone. Yeah, I was going to say, all of a sudden, all of like 352.1 was just inked. I'm thinking the whole non-fiction section was was inked. And I mean, that's a lot. That's a big area. Yeah, but it's non-fiction. No one ever goes in there. So, um, nowadays, if they want to see non-fiction stuff, they just go to Wikipedia. Like, Yeah, I know. And uh, if it was 352.1, then, you know, they probably don't care that much about- <laughs> Damn it. Too long to Stupid Dewey Decimal System. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Damn it. I was hoping to find it quicker than that. But yes, it. they probably don't care too much about jurisdictional levels of administration. <laughs> yes. Um, okay. So- What's happening in this in this library that So I think we could definitely bring in and I don't want to obviously just rip off Octodad in that way, but I think it it does bring in the idea of that sort of difficult uh movement interface mo- movement like putting books on shelves when you don't really have great control. You know, you're sort of tentacling them up there. You may put one book back, but you knock 35 other books off the shelf. You know, like when you touch books, they like get attached to your suckers unless you shake them really hard or something. Like it's kind of hard to attach and detach them. Uh, if you do badly, you just end up this like 10 books attached to you as you run through this library. <laughs> uh, people looking at you strange. Um, but uh, I mean, do we also bring in then? like finding specific books for people in that way too. Yeah. So you, you've got to search on the computer first because that'll tell you approximately where you need to go. Yeah. Uh, you may get a few keycaps touch uh, attached to your suckers because, you know, they're yep. Yep. occasionally you got to replace that keyboard. Like <laughs> it, it's good. It's good that it got like that. It got attached to your suckers. Cause now you can do a deep cleaning when you get back. I do love this idea of like every time you try to do stuff, you just end up with more and more stuff attached to you until you Katamari Damacy style. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like- until you eventually have to like just somehow shake everything off of you. And that's where a lot of inking comes into place, especially when you get surprised and then bang, there's ink everywhere. <laughs> Actually, that's an interesting challenge that like yeah, as long as you're just walking around, you won't ink, but you will be like picking stuff as you go up as you go. But if you try to like violently shake stuff off yourself to get it all off, then you will ink. And so you have to, you do have to be strategic about where you do what. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So is there a time limit? Like, are you in a hurry? Maybe it's around making noise rather than a time limit. Okay. Since you're in a library. Mm-hmm. Are you an apprentice librarian? And the head librarian is always shushing you. And that's what makes mm. you nervous. And that's what makes you ink. If you get too loud- you get shushed really violently. <laughs> like, and that's what makes you just ink everywhere. I mean, it could just be that, that anyone w- or anyone around will shush you because it's a library and they're all trying to read assholes, or whatever. Yeah. And they're all assholes about it. Uh, yeah. And, and for some reason, like this library, I guess in like the kids section has like the shelf with all the musical instruments. So you have to be really careful going by there. Otherwise you're just going to make a whole lot of noise. Once you get a xylophone and some, you know, maracas attached to you. Mm-hmm. That's actually kind of cool. I'm- Yeah, I think, I'm that, thinking- I think that could be just a fun little kind of, again, Octodad quop style sort of, you know, or surgeon simulator sort of uh, slightly detached control game. Uh, <laughs> picking up objects, having to shake them off, not make too much noise. Yeah, there's something there. Should we do one more quick one? Let's do one more quick one. Desktop. Runaway. Ooh, okay. Is this a game that is set on a desktop? And okay. it's like- um, So, you're it's- not, just to clarify, you're not talking like a desktop computer or the desktop of your computer screen? It could be, because I'm kind of thinking, what if you're what if you're a runaway graphic? You escaped from your program and you're, try- you're doing kind oh, of like okay. a- So, you are thinking like the desktop- I was originally you- thinking of a physical desktop, but now I'm thinking the- the desktop of the PC kind of makes a little bit more sense with the um, mm. with what I'm actually thinking. Okay, Ma- so I like the idea of starting this off as 
one of those kind of faux operating systems games, operating system games. Yeah. But yes, like there, are, you've got a few icons on the screen. You click on one to start it because of course the user's just going to be messing around and a character drops out of it. Mm-hmm. Like, and whether they talk to the person or not, I don't know. Or, but I kind of like the, you just, you, you now are controlling that character. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, a very like platformer way where they can like run around the desktop and, and yes, then I like the idea of, oh, it could be really interesting then to be able to like drag folders around that you can then climb up on to get the character to places that they need to go. Yeah. Like they can, they can open, open up a window and that gets them over to, you know, the rubbish bin up here where I think it's, it's a love story between Mm. a character. And their partner, who got deleted and put into the trash bin, okay. and the whole idea is that you're you're going on an adventure, trying to get yeah, trying to get to the recycle bin. When you get there, that's when your arch nemesis, the um, the computer user, actually comes along and empties the recycle bin, and that's where you sort of end <laughs> well, up. Well, hang on, into- hang on, hang on, because well, no, now it goes into undeleting and all this sort of stuff, and like there's there's a deeper un- underground level. That, that's of- fine. It's just I was kind of liking the dynamic where you are sort of playing both the computer user moving folders okay. and things around, and this character that you can then because I was actually thinking there's this is ripe for almost a Metroidvania sort of thing where. You're unlocking new abilities mm-hmm. to like open protected folders or, you know, dive into different types of programs where you then get to play a little level out or something before to find something where you come back. Oh, you actually need your character inside the game to find, you know, and uh, be able to click that button that unhides the password so you can find that password yeah. out to get yeah, into Yeah, to like get into the settings and get a password or. So, yeah, I, I think. Playing out a Metroidvania style thing all in the context of this, of this computer desktop could be really cool. Yeah. Um, but I, yes, I'm I really think, enjoying this now. Like, I, yeah, I, uh, uh, I think you could still do the love story where you're trying to, uh, yeah, pot- potentially undelete your, your romantic partner or just for whatever reason, they're just, they are in the recycle bin and. It's going like there's a daily thing that like empties the recycle bin or something. So to, to, to not put that on the user, but for whatever reason, the user can't get them out. The player, the, the character can't get to them yet. You can put some protections in place. Um, maybe it's that another user of the computer like is what deleted it in the first place. Oh, uh, yeah. It, it, it was a hundred percent the user's like three year old. That was just hitting <laughs> right. gibberish on the screen and deleted the deleted the character. Yeah. Um. But the problem is, there's actually a sinister program in the background that is legitimately holding your partner hostage, mm, and okay, it's like they've some- released it. Your three year old turned off the antivirus, mm. and so that's like taking it out of the quarantine. And there's now some sort of malicious software that has is preventing you from getting into the recycle bin. Um, I, I really like the idea of, uh, you can, you can't talk between you and this character until you get the chat program open. Yeah. And then, even then, like, there's only, uh, potentially, like, only the sound is on. The microphone isn't activated at the moment because oh, there no, was I'm, a, I'm, there's yeah. a driver conflict or something like that that the user can't now speak. Yeah. I, to was, the character I, was, I was, I was literally thinking, like, messenger, like, yeah, chat, like, uh, text chat. Um, so like if you can get the character to, you know, the menu that has, that has chat in it, which is, you know, a a platforming jump from here to here and they have to be able to trigger the, the sub menu or something. Yeah. Like we can bring in those sorts of mechanics where to, to get certain things. Um, and now you've got the chat open in your system tray. And so now Mm -hmm. you and this character, you as the user of the computer and this character within the computer can have conversations and that can uh, that can give you some exposition and that sort of thing. Okay. So, I like the idea of you have, um, you know, your left hand is controlling, controlling the character on the screen. Uh, so, that's you jumping and all that sort of stuff. Your mouse hand is controlling the user so you can move things while, you, while you're like- yeah, the controls could be slightly tricky. Uh, yes, I think you'd probably have to do it that way, essentially. 
but we want it to be use playable by everyone. So there's no there's no thing that's actually say that you have to do them both at the same time. It's just yeah. when you go for speed running, that's what you sort of Yes, I think you I think being able to do it with both hands. I think you'd probably want it even playable on a controller and I saw one recently where essentially your right thumbstick is controlling the cursor and maybe a trigger to click and then your your left thumbstick is controlling the character and you've got like a face button to jump. Uh and you'd rolling well, you'd want to keep those character controls fairly simple, maybe like just directions and one or two, you know, a jump and yeah. an action button or something. Yeah, I'm thinking there's no actual combat in the game. It's it's all puzzle solving around okay, do you need to get into the registry to actually find, you know, the passwords? And then when you get there, then you have to go find something, you know, Metrovania style, you gotta go back and actually find you know, here's the password cracker that um, was installed. and Yeah, well, that's it. I think it's there's de- definitely one of the things is just finding out the admin password of, of some sort. Uh, you know, other ones, it might be even like unlocking the, the find in folder situation. Like, you know that there's something in this mess of folders, but it's literally like hundreds of new folder one, new folder two that are like five levels deep. So you, you, you can't find what you're looking for until you've unlocked the ability to search through them. Uh, there's lots of fun little, tro- like little things we could do from that are, that are familiar to anybody who's used windows basically, uh, yep. or, or an operating system before. Yeah, and I think very much like, um, you know, as you're running along the bottom, along the, uh, you know, the taskbar or whatever it is down the bottom, you can jump up in- into a, um, say, a file folder that's been opened, and then the user can, can sort of pull that up and pull it above some other icons that you can now drop down out of that out of that yeah. window onto this. Now the user has to move the folder again, and then you can climb up the other icons as you- as you're going sort of um, Prince of Persia style. Because <laughs> mm, I'm, mm. I'm liking the whole- <laughs> Yeah, like grab up onto the lip and pull yourself up. Yeah, I think you could do some really fun platforming around the screen whilst having enough variety from the Metroidvania style stuff of unlocking your different things to, to yeah, to really have a lot of depth to to, where, to the types of things you're doing and the places you're traveling. Yeah, because I, I almost like that one of, the, one of the things that you have to actually get- is you can't actually step onto um, file folders that are or windows until you get like a certain. Um- you have to change the theme or something. There's a border. You're on a borderless theme, and so yeah, he can't. Yeah. like the character can't step on them until you change the theme. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's actually really cool. I like yeah. that idea. And then you know, so it's basically you you've got to organize the the icons in sort of like a stairway up to up to this area, and then. You know, yeah. Well, and it may even be that, like, initially you don't have enough icons on the screen to get them high enough. Like, you have to find a way to to create new folders or I don't know, whatever. Get get new programs onto the onto the um, screen uh, to be able to get higher and higher. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. That is. That does bring us to the end of this episode, though. That so, does. Thank you to everyone who's just listened on Packs Online. Yeah, if, if this was your uh, your first episode uh, and, and you found us through the, the PAX Online uh, stream, then if you enjoyed yourself, go to podchaser.com slash bitstorm. We have 250 episodes at least uh, sitting there, thousands, thousands of game designs that we've come up with over the past five years. Some uh, better than these. Most better than these. <laughs> <laughs> Well, don't be too hard on yourself, Trevor. I think we had some good stuff tonight. Uh, but uh, look, sh- shoot over there. We'd love you to to leave us a review uh, if you happen to to listen to uh, one of those one of those previous episodes or this episode once it's up on our main feed. And uh, yeah, check it out and and welcome. welcome. If you like the music that you heard at the start and and the same music's coming up at the end, that was that was performed by a band called Kuralust, uh that we're both members of. Uh, the song is Mount Defiance off of the album Containment Failure. You can find that on Bandcamp. Just search for Kuradust and Containment Failure and the Bandcamp should come. Yeah. So, thank you again for joining us on this very special PAX Online episode of Bitstorm. I'm Ben Slinger. I'm Trevor Scott. And it's time to ring the bell of Yonder.